Morning. It's really, it is really good to um, be together this morning, to, to come together as a church. Um, it's very kind of you, Dan. Um, I was told um, yesterday, being with um, some friends in the church family, that um, I was um, quite normal in their opinion. So, you know, there's... <laughs> Dan's, Dan's glowing recommendations surely are true. Um, this morning we're going to be continuing in um, our series through the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, and this morning we will be asking the question, how do we shine for Jesus? How do our lives reflect Jesus to the world, even in the darkest of days? And we will see that shining for Jesus starts and ends with intimacy with him. So I've asked my um, good friend Joe uh, to come and read uh, the passage uh, for us. So we're going to read Acts chapter 6 from beginning to end, um, verses 1 to 15. Thank you, Joe. In those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and for ministry of the word. The proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, um, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called. Jews from Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Sicilia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against his wisdom, and spirit gave, him, and the spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, "We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God." So they stirred up the people, and the elders, and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified. This fellow never stopped speaking against the holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw his face was like the face of an angel. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. So we see in our passage that Stephen shone for Jesus. His life showed us what Jesus' life was like. When you looked at Stephen, you could see Jesus shining through him. During the wonderful times of his life, the the great ministry that God gave him to serve uh, the widows in the church, 
but also in these final hours of his life. I want to shine like Stephen did. I want my life to reflect Jesus to the world around me. I want people to look at the way I live and see Jesus through me. You see, Stephen shone for Jesus in everything he did. I love that in verse three, the church were told, find men of good reputation. Stephen, before he was even chosen to be in the limelight, was a man who was known to be godly. He was known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And he was known as a servant. He served the church family. He, he gave his time to the most vulnerable among the community, the widows in the church. And in verse eight, we're told he was full of grace and power. He performed mighty signs and wonders as he proclaimed the good news of Jesus, as he talked and taught and debated with those around him. He was a man that shone out for Jesus. You looked at what he did and how he did it, and you saw Jesus through him. And even in this passage, in the last hours of his life, as he's arrested, and in a few chapters' time, we will see that he's killed. We won't look at that today, but that's what happens. That's where the story's going. Even in this time of his life, he shines for Jesus. The author of this book, the book of Acts, is a guy called Luke, very good name, and he takes great care to show us parallels between Stephen's arrest and Jesus' arrest. You see, Stephen was proclaiming and debating about the good news of Jesus. Jesus went around teaching those. Stephen was so full of wisdom that people couldn't answer him, just like they couldn't answer Jesus. Even the most educated and wise people couldn't answer Jesus' wisdom. Stephen was arrested and they brought false witnesses to lie about him, to, to attack him just as it was with Jesus. And even the things that they said about Stephen were very, very similar. I don't know if you know the stories, but they accused Jesus of saying he would destroy the temple. And that's just the charge that's brought against Stephen. They say, Stephen, you say that Jesus will destroy the temple. They twist Jesus's words. And so Luke has taken great lengths to show us a parallel between Stephen's life and the Lord Jesus's. Why? to show us that even in the darkest hour, Stephen shone for Jesus. I want my life to shine for Jesus. But how did Stephen do it? How did he do it? That's what we've got to ask ourselves because I really want it, but, but how do you do it? And I think that Stephen could shine for Jesus because he so intimately knew him. Stephen was so intimate and close to the Lord that he couldn't help but shine. That's what I think we're going to see today in this passage. Where do we see it? Well, taking us back again into verse three, isn't it something that he was a man of good reputation? It, doesn't it say something about a person if before they come into the limelight, before they are known publicly, that they have a, a godly Character. They have a, a, a godly way about him. We, we knew he was a man of good reputation. But more than that, how do we know that he so intimately knew Jesus? Well, I would say one of the things that shows us that is Stephen was a man who was full 
I found that word quite hard to say, full, F-U-L-L. He was full. What do I mean? Well, did you notice that in our chapter, three different times, Stephen is described as full. Now, I've so loved, Beth and I have so loved getting to know so many people in the church family. In some days, we're invited out to lunch and we're invited out to dinner. And I get home and I say, Beth, what a joy to be with the church. What a joy to hear the heart of the church. But I just need to sit down for a second because I'm a little bit full. Stephen was a man who was full. But what was he full of? In verse three, we're told, look for men who are full of the spirit and wisdom. In verse five, we're told Stephen was full of the spirit and faith. And in verse eight, we're told he was full of grace and power. Stephen was a man who was not full of a nice bit of roast chicken and a slice of cake. Stephen was full, first and foremost, of the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Because from the Holy Spirit came the wisdom. And from the Holy Spirit came the faith to trust in God through all situations. And from the Holy Spirit came the grace and the power to do mighty signs and wonders. Stephen was full of the Spirit. He trusted the Spirit. He was responsive to the Spirit. He was changed and delighted in the Spirit. But we've got to remember that the Holy Spirit isn't some kind of rocket fuel. I did a quick um, survey in the first service, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how it compares. Who knows the Fast and Furious films? Come on, put your hand up, confess. Okay, a few of you do. Well, in these films, these, these race car films, they're, they're in these, these crazy plot lines, I don't know how they've made so many films, but they always have a button to inject this special fuel which makes them go even faster. And we can think maybe that the Holy Spirit is a bit like this, but it's so much more. What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God himself. To be full of the Holy Spirit is to have God's very presence with us in the third person of the Trinity. To be full of the Holy Spirit is first and foremost a mark of intimacy with the Lord. Romans 8 tells us that one of the names of the Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Jesus in us, with us. And so yes, the Holy Spirit then changes us and, and leads supernaturally to, to wisdom and faith and grace and power. But firstly, the Holy Spirit is God's intimate presence. You see, Stephen was a man who intimately knew Jesus. And when he, because he intimately know, knew Jesus, his whole life shone for him. But though we could say that Stephen knew Jesus so intimately, I think this is quite far from what we could say about his opponents. You see, when Stephen was fixated on Jesus, his opponents were much more interested in Moses. I don't know if you noticed that, but Moses is talked about a number of times, along with the law and the customs. They said to, one of the charges they bring against Stephen is, he blasphemes against Moses and against God. And you see, to Stephen's opponents, Moses represented the law. Stephen's opponents were Jewish 
That's what we're told. They were Jews from uh, Cyrene and Alexandria, that's in North Africa. They were Jews from Cilicia and from Asia across the, the Mediterranean and that part of the Roman Empire. In other words, they were Jewish, but they or their, their fathers or, or, or ancestors were from all different parts of the Roman Empire. And they had now come back to Jerusalem. But being Jewish as their core identity, the law was something very, very precious. It was the the sacred thing that God had given their ancestors to protect and nurture and live out generation after generation. And any threat or perceived threat to this was taken very seriously. And you look at that and you think, actually, they were nearly right. Because in the Old Testament, and definitely also in the New Testament, we're told the law is good. It's precious if it's understood correctly. And one of the things that Stephen's opponents miss, one of the things that Moses himself knew deep within himself is the point was never the law. It was the lawgiver. The point was always Jesus. And so when we see Stephen and his opponents, the contrast between them and this charge of blasphemy or, or disrespecting or defaming Moses that's brought against him, we see a great irony. And we see that particularly in verse 15, our final verse. I wonder, as Joe read it to us, whether you saw that last verse and you thought, oh, that's a bit freaky. What's that about? Because we're told that in the midst of Stephen's arrest, in the midst of this darkest day of Stephen's life, his face was like an angel. His face shone. What is that talking about? Why did Luke mention that there was something visible about the appearance of Stephen that was so remarkable? Well, he did that very deliberately to link back to another story of a man whose face shone. In Exodus 34, when Moses came out of the very presence of God, the intimate presence of God, His face shone. And so though his opponents accuse him of disrespecting Moses, it couldn't have been further from the truth. Stephen was a true follower of Moses. He was a true man who knew God so intimately that not just his life, but even his face shone for the Lord. If we want our lives to shine Like Jesus, we have to prioritize intimacy with him. We have to enjoy him, delight in him, give ourselves to him. I never forget how I had the great privilege of being brought up in a Christian home. And my mum would come downstairs every morning, at least as far as I remember, and she would close the door to the living room. And we knew as kids we didn't disturb her because that was her time with Jesus in the morning. That was her time to draw close to her Lord and her Saviour. And that spilled out into her day. And it spilled out into her week and it spilled out into her life. Why? Because times of intimacy with the Lord are transformative. When we get close to the one who is so glorious, we cannot help but shine out. Times of intimacy with Jesus are transformative. So maybe it's making time to pray before breakfast because we know and trust the one we pray to. Maybe it's singing on our bikes on the way to work to remind us of the wonderful truths of the gospel. 
Maybe it's inviting a friend around to coffee to open scripture together and see how wonderful our God is. Or maybe it's prioritizing time with our life group because we know that God is with us in a special way as we gather as his people. These times of intimacy with the Lord are precious and transformative. Stephen knew Jesus intimately and he couldn't help but shine. But I think it's fair to say that some places in our life are easier to shine out than others. There are some parts of our life where it's just really hard to reflect Jesus to those around us. And I think that is especially true when we're confronted with our past. Maybe that's with family members who don't yet know Jesus. Maybe that's with colleagues who start asking uncomfortable questions about the faith we have. Maybe that's with friends who are still living an old life that we've tried to walk away from. This is exactly the, the, sorry, this is exactly the situation that Stephen found himself in. We're told that Stephen was chosen to care for the Hellenistic Jews, the, the, the widows in the church who were Greek-speaking Jews. And his name was Greek. And this gives us really clear indication that he was a Greek-speaking Jew. Why was that important? Because the opposition arose from Jews from Alexandria and Cyrene, from Cilicia and Asia, from Greek-speaking Jews. You see, the very people who wanted Stephen dead, were his people. They were those he knew, who he grew up with, who he spent time with. Now, we don't know whether he went to this specific synagogue we're talking about, but this was his old life. And it was the very people he used to identify with who now hated him. How did Stephen shine even in that situation? How did he shine out in such darkness? Well, I think firstly, he loved them. He didn't fear his old life. He didn't resent those who were still in it. He didn't try and avoid them, but he loved them. He gave his time to serve the Greek-speaking widows in the Christian community. But he also gave himself to preach and proclaim to those of his old community. He was there preaching to the people, it says, and who were the people? the Greek-speaking Jews. And he wasn't just Bible bashing. He wasn't just going and just laying down the law and telling them, you know, you're foolish, you're wrong. No, he loved them. We see that most clearly in a chapter's time where as they kill him, he cries out, forgive them, Lord. Stephen didn't run away from his old life, but he loved those who were still in it. But much more than that, he knew his identity. He knew that first and foremost, he wasn't a Hellenist, even though he was a Hellenist. He was a Greek speaker. First and foremost, he wasn't a Jew, even though he was a Jew. First and foremost, he belonged to Jesus. First and foremost, he was Jesus's. And it was that identity that most deeply shaped him. And it was that identity which gave him not just the strength, but the faith, the peace, the vision to say, no, I can stand before my old way of life and shine for him because Jesus has so shaped me. When we intimately know Jesus, 
we cannot help but shine. So as we end, I wonder if some of you are thinking, why do I want to shine for Jesus? Why, why would I want to follow in the footsteps of one who, who didn't have a place to lay his head? He didn't have really his own home. He, he was hated by many people. He had a difficult life and he was cruelly killed. Why would I want to follow in his footsteps? Maybe you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. Maybe you're not really sure where you stand and you're asking yourself that question. Well, I hope as we've looked at Stephen shining this morning, you've caught a glimpse of the one who shone through him. Because you see, when Stephen was waiting tables, he knew one who, though he was God, humbled himself to become like a servant, a very human being with us. And Stephen, as he was proclaiming the good news, he himself knew one who had a better message than any he had ever heard, a message of this saviour who had died for him, laid down his life for him. And Stephen's face, as it shone for Jesus, as it shone out like an angel, it did that because he had caught a glimpse of the one who is no longer dead, but is raised to glory, is seated at the right hand of God and has a name that is above every other name, a name that at his name, at Jesus' name, one day every knee shall bow every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, this Jesus is who Stephen glimpsed. This Jesus is the one that Stephen had seen and he could not help but shine. Brothers and sisters, my dear friends, when we catch sight of this Jesus, when we give ourselves to intimacy with him, we cannot help but shine. We're going to worship God together and invite the band to come up, but I would love to pray together. I would love to pray a prayer of praise to this Jesus, who though he was God, he offers intimacy with us. He draws close to us. So if you're able to and would like to, why don't you stand with me uh, as a sign of worship and we will pray together. Father God, we come before you this morning. We come before you, should I say, this afternoon. And we see, Lord, that you are the one who draws us close. You did not stay far off, but you sent the Lord Jesus to come to us. And now, ascended in glory, you did not leave us as orphans, but you gave us your very Holy Spirit. You are the great God of intimacy. You are our Father in heaven. And so we come to you this morning and we worship you. We thank you and we praise you. And we ask you, Lord, would you draw us close in our days and in our weeks, even in the darkest of hours, would you bring us to yourself that we might delight in intimacy with you and be transformed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.